Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's third teaching in the book of Psalms, chapters 22 through 24, called the Shepherd Psalms. tell you, I have had the privilege of sharing this psalm many, many times, especially at memorial services, and it has ministered every time I've opened it. Um, Not only has it ministered to the people who were able to listen and take it in, but it's ministered to me every time. And I'll tell you, I've gone over this psalm time and time again, and uh, every time it is fresh bread to my soul and a life-giving stream to my heart, and I pray it'll be that for you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. And all God's people said, forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You may be seated. The author of the shepherd psalms is David. Psalms 22, 23, and 24 are called the shepherd psalms. We talked about the fact that he's depicted as the savior in Psalm 22, the shepherd in Psalm 23, and the sovereign in Psalm 24, or to put it another way, the king of glory. David penned about half of the psalms in the Psalter. Uh, That's the book of Psalms. And so David was known as the sweet psalmist of Israel, but he was also a shepherd So David could very much relate to what he was given by the Holy Spirit about how God is in leading us. And I want you to take a peek at 1 Samuel 16. This is when Samuel goes to the house of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, and he is going to pick the new king of Israel. He's going to anoint the new king, I should say. And in verse 7, the Lord says to Samuel of 1 Samuel 16, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, for Samuel 16, 7, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Next, Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Samuel said to Jesse, are these all the children? He said, there remains yet the youngest. And behold, he is tending the sheep. There's David, and he was a shepherd. Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. And so he sent and brought him in. Now he, David, was ruddy with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him. And remember, in one of the verses in the psalm, he anoints my head with oil. Arise, anoint him, for this is he. 
And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. If you turn back to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd was written by a man who was a shepherd. And he had shepherded sheep and he would be be taught now to shepherd God's people. When Jesus was talking to Peter at the great breakfast in John chapter 21, there's an exchange between the good shepherd and a under-shepherd of the good shepherd, Peter. And there's a fire and there are fish being uh, prepared. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter responds, Lord, you know that I love you. And then he says three times to Peter, feed my sheep, tend my sheep, tend my sheep. I'm going to go back to my father and I'm going to hand you this responsibility. I'm going to hand you, not the baton in this case, but the shepherd's staff so that you can lead my people, Peter. And even Peter's fall and all that he had gone through in those three, three and a half years was preparation to be a shepherd of God's people. David had learned to shepherd sheep and now he would become, eventually he would become the shepherd of God's people. It's a very familiar agrarian image in the Bible. People who would read something like this would get it right away. We may not get it that well because we are not agrarian people. We are pretty much city folk and I get that. We might put it this way, the Lord is my coach or the Lord is my teacher or something like that. That might uh, resonate a little better with us. But uh, if you've ever seen some of these images and if you're interested in more on this, I would highly recommend that you have a book on your shelf that you keep for the rest of your life. And And it is a shepherd looks at Psalm 23 written by Keller. A shepherd looks at Psalm 23. And as an actual shepherd, he brings you into the life of the shepherd and the sheep and gives a beautiful look at what that's really like. The Lord, Psalm 23, verse 1, is my shepherd. You'll notice in Psalm 23, 1, that Lord is capitalized. I've reminded you, but let me just say it to you again, that whenever you see the Lord in all caps, that is Yahweh. That's the Tetragrammatron or Y-H-W-H. That's how it comes over to us in consonants. The vowels were uh, left out at some point, so we don't know what the vowels were. But every time you see Lord, all caps, that's Yahweh. So Yahweh is my shepherd. This is the key image. And because the Lord is my shepherd, David writes, I shall not want. Now, one thing that I've done over the years is tried to put some headings on each of the verses. And verse one speaks to me of a relationship. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And I've said to groups of people before, listening to Psalm 23, perhaps at a memorial service where there would be a mixed multitude and I'm not sure everybody's a Christian or knows the hope of Jesus Christ. I might say something like this. Is the Lord your shepherd? Could you say this? Could you say the Lord is my shepherd? Not that he's just a shepherd, not even that he's the shepherd, but could you say, would you say tonight, he is my shepherd? You know, this is the relationship that we speak of when we talk about the fact that Christianity is a relationship. This is one of the images that depict that. 
It is the shepherd-sheep relationship. And it's a precious one. It's a special one. And of course, we've heard a lot of things about sheep. And we know sheep are not very smart. And we know that we're compared to sheep in the Bible. And that's to give us an indication about how dumb we can be. Sheep have been known to follow one another into open fires, to follow one another off of cliffs. They really have no way to defend themselves. And one of the saddest things that a shepherd will tell you that they would ever come upon is a sheep that is cast. A cast sheep is a sheep that's fallen on its back and cannot roll over. And a cast sheep is a very sad sight. And for a predator, it is a lamb chop just sitting on a plate. And uh, there's a psalm that says, Why so cast down, O my soul? Put your hope in God. A cast sheep is a sad situation because they can't get themselves right up. And so sometimes we feel cast down. Why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. And so... I, I pray that tonight you could say Yahweh is my shepherd. If you can say Yahweh is my shepherd, then you can claim the rest of the promises in the psalm. If you don't know Jesus as your shepherd, these promises are not yours. I have to be honest. But they can be yours if you would make him your shepherd. In Matthew 9.36, Jesus looked at the multitudes and seeing the multitudes, the Bible says, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast. Remember what your Bible says, they were like sheep without a shepherd. And there's a lot of sheep in our world today that don't have a shepherd or they might have the wrong type of shepherd. In John chapter 10, Jesus depicts himself as the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. That's John 10, 11, and you can also look at John 14, but all John 10, 14, but all of John 10, at least the, the first 18 verses are about the shepherding ministry of the Lord. And he talks about how the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they, the sheep, might have life and have it what? To the full or have it more abundantly. That's what the Lord wants for you. And that's right in that imagery of the good shepherd. But Jesus looked upon the people of Israel and he saw them scattered and downcast. There's a lot of people who have no shepherd or they have the wrong shepherd and they are being led in the wrong direction. And sometimes what we do is, you know, we've known the shepherd's voice at some point in our lives, but sometimes we have lost touch with that voice or we've wandered away. Uh, we, we know that sheep tend to wander. The old hymn says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. And so this is how we can be like sheep. We can go astray. And Peter tells us that we need to return to the shepherd and guardian of our souls. Psalm 95.6 says, He is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And then he says, Today, if you would hear his voice. Uh, the writer of Hebrews picks up this particular idea that we need to hear the voice of God and not harden our hearts to the voice of our shepherd. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, I'm Rob Newton, the producer of Walk in Truth. 
Since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on four radio stations in Southern California, Arizona, Idaho, and Utah, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. Our program has also reached listeners in 49 countries. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth's presence on radio and podcast, and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness. Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and to expand into more radio stations as God provides. Our current level of listener financial support is about 25%. Can you give a one-time tax-deductible donation today? Please visit walkintruth.com to donate online or get the mailing address. That's walkintruth.com. If you just tuned in, then you missed the first half of today's edition of Walk in Truth. That's okay. You can listen to this episode and many others whenever it's convenient for you on your free Living Truth app. Walk in Truth is also on your favorite podcast app. Simply search for and subscribe to Walk in Truth on apps like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and many more. Listening to a podcast as well as radio is a great way to get some time in the Word when you're walking, catching up on some work, or if you're like me and just need to listen to some Bible teaching while getting ready in the morning. Remember, you can find Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. One of the saddest things that a shepherd will tell you that they would ever come upon is a sheep that is cast. A cast sheep is a sheep that's fallen on its back and cannot roll over. And a cast sheep is a very sad sight. And for a predator, it is a lamb chop just sitting on a plate. And uh, there's a psalm that says, Why so cast down, O my soul? Put your hope in God. A cast sheep is a sad situation because they can't get themselves right up. And so sometimes we feel cast down. Why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. And so... I, I pray that tonight you could say Yahweh is my shepherd. If you can say Yahweh is my shepherd, then you can claim the rest of the promises in the psalm. If you don't know Jesus as your shepherd, these promises are not yours. I have to be honest. But they can be yours if you would make him your shepherd. In Matthew 9.36, Jesus looked at the multitudes and seeing the multitudes, the Bible says, He felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast. Remember what your Bible says, they were like sheep without a shepherd. And there's a lot of sheep in our world today that don't have a shepherd or they might have the wrong type of shepherd. In John chapter 10, Jesus depicts himself as the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. That's John 10, 11, and you can also look at John 14, but all John 10, 14, but all of John 10, at least the the first 18 verses are about the shepherding ministry of the Lord. And he talks about how the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that they, the sheep, might have life and have it what? 
to the full or have it more abundantly. That's what the Lord wants for you. And that's right in that imagery of the good shepherd. But Jesus looked upon the people of Israel and he saw them scattered and downcast. There's a lot of people who have no shepherd or they have the wrong shepherd and they are being led in the wrong direction. And sometimes what we do is, you know, we've known the shepherd's voice at some point in our lives, but sometimes we have lost touch with that voice or we've wandered away. Uh, we, we know that sheep tend to wander. The old hymn says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. And so this is how we can be like sheep. We can go astray. And Peter tells us that we need to return to the shepherd and guardian of our souls. Psalm 95, 6 says, He is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And then he says, Today, if you would hear his voice. Uh, the writer of Hebrews picks up this particular idea that we need to hear the voice of God and not harden our hearts to the voice of our shepherd. I have a little dog that I love. She's a, a little a shepherd a mix. We're not really sure what she is. She kind of looks like she has some beagle, but she's always by my side. She always, you know, if I don't feel good, she'll lay right next to me. She's a very faithful dog. But there's times when she doesn't want to obey. There's times when I'll say, get off that bed. And I, I have to admit, I'm pretty soft with the dog. <laughs> and, and she'll just go, she'll give you that look like, no, I don't think I'm going to listen to you right now, right? So we can be like that. Be on guard for yourselves, Paul says to the Ephesian elders, Acts 20, 28. And for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he, Jesus, purchased with his own blood. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you have an NIV, it says, I shall not be in want. The result when the Lord is your shepherd is you have supply. And that's what I wrote next to part B of verse 1. If the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. That is, I shall have everything that I need. This word has the idea in Hebrew of being utterly contented in the good shepherd's care, and consequently not craving or desiring anything more because the Lord, my shepherd, is all that I need. It speaks of safety and satisfaction. Psalm 27.4 says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Uh, Max Lucado says of this verse, David had found the pasture where discontentment goes to die. It's as if he is saying, what I have in God is greater than what I don't have in life. Paul put it this way, I have learned the secret of contentment. And it is a secret to many people. And there are many discontented people in our world. And I don't know if that's you tonight, if you feel a level of discontentment, but you can find contentment in Christ. In fact, Paul goes on to say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore I will not be in want. You see, we brought nothing into this world 
And one thing is certain, we're not going to take anything out of it either. So we should be content with what we have. It doesn't mean you shouldn't pursue goals. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be smart with your money. It doesn't mean you shouldn't invest or try to get ahead in work and do your due diligence because there's many verses that say to work hard. And if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. But it means that wherever you find yourself at the end of a day, hopefully you can, you can kick your feet up and say, you know what, I'm content because the Lord is my shepherd. That's the main reason you should be able to say it. Not that I have every single you know, thing at my beck and call, but because I have the main things, I have the most important thing in my life where it needs to be. The Lord is my shepherd. That's why I can be content. There's a lot of people who have a lot of the creature comforts in life, but they don't know the Lord is their shepherd. Therefore, they are not content. And there's a lot of discontentment among people who have a lot of stuff. When one of the wealthiest men in history, John D. Rockefeller, died, his accountant was asked, how much did John D. leave? The accountant replied, all of it. (laughs) You see, you're going to leave your stuff to somebody else. Whatever you've amassed in this life, somebody else is going to take it and they may manage it well and they may not. And uh, they may care about it as much as you did and they may not. And you may have, you know, done all this blood, sweat and tears to make a thing a certain way and they might inherit it and change it all around. Maybe you get a, a peek from heaven to see what they're... No! Why? I don't think so. He makes me, verse 2, lie down. Pastor John was saying that uh, earlier the silver saints uh, studied Psalm 23, and he pointed out that God has to make us lie down. And he makes me to lie down. And, you know, when my kids were growing up, bedtime was always an interesting uh, situation because they didn't want to go to sleep. Uh, they were just all, and, and I would do this as a dad. I would get them fired up right before bed. I did that dad thing where, you know, I would wrestle and tickle and, and my wife would go, what are you doing? They need to settle down. And I was doing all the dad stuff and Mr. Drill, my, my famous thing was Mr. Drill. Here he comes. Didn't make for a calm, you know, peaceful cup of tea before you go to bed. So sometimes we had to say, lay down. And they would say, no, I'm not sleepy. If you're a sheep, anyway. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. You going to make me? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You shouldn't do that to God, by the way. You shouldn't say, well, make me. Oh, he'll make you, all right. He'll make you lie down. And you better hope it's green pastures. (laughs) But on a positive note, verse 2, he makes me to lie down in green pastures, speaks of rest. God wants you to rest. It's okay to rest. In fact, Pastor John brought up that, an insight which is interesting. He said, you know, you got to rest so you can do the rest of the stuff that's in the psalm, like follow him. And, uh, you know, Hear the voice of the shepherd and have the energy and strength you need to do the rest of the commands. You got to have times of rest. 
and you can rest in his presence. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to be still and know that he is God. You've been listening to The Shepherd Psalms 3, Part 1 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 23. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, you can watch Pastor Michael's sermons and the full services with worship when you follow our YouTube channel. Michael Lance is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California, and we would love it if you would join us at one of our Sunday morning services. But if you live outside of Southern California or you're unable to visit us, you can always watch live on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel. Best way to find the videos is visit walkintruth.com, then click on YouTube. Again, visit walkintruth.com and click on YouTube. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your financial gift helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please consider becoming a monthly partner, too, or give a one-time tax-deductible donation. Please visit walkintruth.com and click Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Or you can write a check and mail your gift to Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's message in Psalm 23, continuing the mini-series called The Shepherd Psalms. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.